Welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. Our hope is that this material will encourage you to have a great appreciation and respect for God's Word. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hey, welcome to Basic Doctrine of the Bible. This is session four, and we're talking about this subject, authority. Scripture is authoritative. When we use the word authority, we're speaking about the power or right to decide a course of action. That's the sense or the meaning of the Greek word translated authority in the New Testament. It is It involves the power or right to decide a course of action. When we speak about the authority of Scripture, we're we're talking about the fact that all the words of the Bible are God's in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. Jesus said, John 17, 17, thy word is is truth. And because God's revealed word is truth, it has authority, the power or right to determine the course of our lives. It is the standard for our belief and practice. Now, many contemporary Christians stumble over this truth. It's amazing. People give lip service to the Bible oftentimes, but the Bible really isn't the authority for their lives. Many in 21st century, even evangelical Christianity allow their feelings, their emotions, religious traditions, or the opinion of others to be the standard of what is right, how they should believe, how they should act. Some trust in false philosophies, man-made constructs, culture, political leanings, ideas expressed through entertainment, and even past experiences. Those things sometimes become believers' authorities. And so instead of Matthew 7 standing on the firm rock of Scripture, many are standing on the shifting sands of culture, experience, man-based teaching. It's important for us to recognize that Jesus claimed he had authority. He spoke of this subject. Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. And remember this, John 1, 1, Jesus is the embodiment of the word of God. And as the embodiment of the word of God, he has all authority. King Jesus has a name that is above every name, that his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, on heaven and on earth, that he is Lord. And so he has all authority. He has the power or right to determine a course of action. He has the power or right to speak truth, to declare what is real, to will how we should live, to set our beliefs and to dictate what is proper for our behavior. So Jesus has all authority. He is the word, and as the word, He speaks truth. He is truth. 
He has all authority. So his revealed word that his spirit, the spirit of Christ, breathed out, 2 Timothy 3.16, also has authority for our lives. Now, let's talk about this subject of authority under, under a couple different headings. And um, I, I want to speak in two different ways. Number one, I want to talk about what we would call the logic of authority. We did this with inerrancy. Let, let's follow a similar train of thought when it comes to authority. I believe by studying the Bible, we see that there are some truth claims, um, some realities scripturally about the Lord and his word. And when we add those all up, we come to the conclusion that God's word is authoritative. So you, you may never read in the Bible, the Bible is authoritative, scripture is authoritative, but you can deduce that concept or that idea by studying scripture. So, so here's the logic of authority. Number one, God has authority. God has authority. Romans 13.1 tells us the authorities that be are ordained of God. So uh, the Lord is the one who institutes all forms of authority. He has granted permission to all human authorities to have the authority that they have. And the Bible says this, Colossians 2.10, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Another place in scripture we read, there is no authority but of God, of the Lord. And so we know God has all authority. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Oh, let's be done with our low views of the Lord. And let's realize that he is the high and lofty one who has power and authority over all of creation. You've got that truth. God has all authority. Number two, we could say this. There is no authority above God. His authority cannot be supplanted. It cannot uh, be challenged. Even though one may challenge the Lord's authority as Lucifer did in Isaiah 14, we know that the Lord laughs. He holds those in derision who would challenge his authority. The Bible says this in Hebrews 6, 13. When God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. And, and so what a great principle. When, when the Lord gave his promises in scriptures, covenant promises to Abraham, he swore by his own name. Why? There's no authority above him. There's no name that is greater than his. He is a God who has all authority and there is no authority above him. The psalmist spoke of this as well. It said, praise the Lord, Psalm 117.1. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples. For his faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. And we see the gratefulness, the greatness of our God. And we see how awesome he is. And we know that he has a name that is above every name. So logic of authority. God has authority. There is no authority above God. Number three, know this about the Lord. He communicates. God communicates. God communicates. Francis Schaeffer had a book, the great Christian philosopher Francis Schaeffer had a book entitled, He is There. And there's a follow-up to that title, He is Not Silent. 
By his very nature, our God is a communicator. He must talk. He is so great, glorious, and grandiose that he must reveal himself to his creation. He is not, as the deist would propose, some great clockmaker who wound up the earth, turned it loose, and turned his back on his creation. Instead, he is a God who communicates. As early as Genesis 1.26, shortly after the Lord made all things, we see him communicating to man. In fact, at the beginning of time, in order to create things, how did God create things? He communicated. God said, then God said, let there be light. Then God said, Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. See, God speaks. And right after God made man in his own image, verse 27, the Bible says, verse 28, God blessed them and God said to them, what great words those were. Right after creating Adam and Eve, what did God do? He said something. He talked to his creation. See, that we are created for a purpose, and that is to know God and to enjoy him forever. Because of his creative intents, the Lord must communicate. He cannot be silent. And then the Lord told them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. And from Genesis 1.28 and onward, we see the Lord in the Bible communicating, speaking. That's what he does. So follow the logic of authority. God has authority. There is no authority above God. God communicates. A fourth We know this about the Lord. God communicates truth. He he cannot lie, the author of Hebrews says. And the Lord said in John 17, 17, I referenced it earlier, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The psalmist said the entirety of your word is true. Uh, We know this. God cannot lie. Falsehoods do not come from his lips. The words of the Lord are pure words, the psalmist said, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. When God speaks, unadulterated truth comes from his mouth. Error is not present in his vocabulary. So the logic of authority, God has authority. There's no authority above God. God communicates. God communicates truth. And fifth, we see this in conclusion. God's communication of what is true is therefore the standard for our beliefs and behavior. God's communication of what is true, because he has all authority and there's no authority above him and because he communicates and because he communicates truth, God's communication of what is true is therefore the standard for our beliefs and behavior. That is Because God has all authority, there's no authority above him. Because he communicates and because he communicates without errors, whatever he says, therefore, is the standard, the authority for our beliefs and behavior. He has the right to decide and determine a course of action. So we could think about New Testament passages. Uh, One we could think about is Jude chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible there tells us, Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write appealing to you 
to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. Now, often we think of faith as being this idea of trust. It is, oftentimes in Scripture, uh, Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith, that none of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We see there that faith is this trust idea. But know this, faith, the word faith is also used in regards to truth. So in other words, faith can be subjective, but it can also be objective. Faith in the Bible can deal with a reliance on God, but it can also be thought of as a revelation from God. When Jude uses the word faith here, that's what he's speaking of. He's speaking of faith as truth, faith in an objective sense, faith as a revelation from God. And notice that the faith we have, that is the content of Christian belief and practice, the faith we have was delivered to the saints once for all. In other words, the Lord in the past gave us his truth and his truth stands forever. The psalmist said, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So know this, we have a communication of of what is true from the Lord. And it is the standard for our beliefs and our behavior. 2 Thessalonians 3.14 is another passage that uh, can guide us in this concept or shed light on this concept. Uh, the, The Bible there contains a warning from Paul. He says, if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Wow. Really, Paul? Stout words. How can you be so strong? You mean really in the church, if there's someone who flagrantly disobeys Scripture and rejects the Bible, we're to confront them and maybe disassociate from them? Wow, really? Why? Because God's truth is that important. His word is true. And churches should have a high regard for Scripture and hold the inspired words of God up as a standard for belief and practice. The Lord, through His Word, has the right to to decide the course of action for the church. See the logic of authority. God has authority. There's no authority above Him. He's a God who communicates, and He communicates truth. Therefore, His communication of truth is a standard for our beliefs and behavior. Now, we've talked about the logic of authority. You, you know, nowadays, some may think the word authority is a harsh word. It's a word we don't like in many ways. And uh, sometimes uh, people don't like the idea of being accountable or answerable to anyone. They don't like having authority over their lives. I want us to, to deal with that briefly by just looking at Jesus and authority. See, some may mistakenly think that, wow, if anybody stands up and claims this book has an authority, they're kind of a bully and trying to control people. I I more prefer someone like Jesus, someone loving and meek. Now, know this, Jesus was loving. He was meek, humble of heart. 
He served others. But Jesus also had a strong stance in the authority of God's Word. He claimed authority for himself. So, so here, here's a couple of things we could say, a few things we could say about Jesus and authority. I believe this will help us because we, we've got to get this balance of realizing that we are, as a church, the pillar and ground of truth, right? We're not here to say, well, what do you think about it? I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a place for discussion, but when it comes to the revealed truth of God, we are to proclaim the truth, not to debate the truth. So we're the pillar and ground of truth. We're called by Scripture to speak the truth in love. And so there's a problem in society now where the church isn't standing up lovingly with the truth, with the authority of God's Word. And we're allowing there to be so many other authorities apart from God. So let's consider Jesus, His Spirit, when it comes to authority. First of all, I'd say this. Know this. Jesus claimed to have authority. You got Jesus wrong if you think He would never speak authoritatively on any subject. You can think about uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 10, where he dealt with uh, the religious leaders of his day. And he said, so that you may know. They, they didn't want Jesus to heal someone. And Jesus said, so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, take your mat, go home. Jesus wanted to demonstrate to all, especially the false religious leaders, that he was a man from God, who had authority from God. Know this, in the, mi- the midst of our mixed-up culture, the church has authority in Jesus and in His Word. He's actually commissioned us on the basis of that authority to go into all the world and make disciples, Matthew 28, 18. Uh, know this, bystanders notice Jesus' authority. He, he wasn't wishy-washy and wimpy. When people heard Him teach, Mark 1, they, they marveled, the Bible says. They, they were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one, Mark says, who had authority and not like the scribes. So the style of teaching Jesus had was to quote directly from Scripture. The scribes like to quote rabbis and share um, man-centered mandates from the Mishnah that they like to uh, debate and give questions back and forth. Jesus instead stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord. He spoke from a stance of authority, from God's Word. And we're reminded how the church is to operate. Don't believe this lie that we're to never boldly stand for the truth. Like never before, there needs to be light in the darkness We need to be a pillar and ground of truth. We need to speak the truth in love. We need to be like Jesus, proclaiming, trumpeting, declaring His truth straight from the Word of God with love, but without apology as well. Know this, this was also the spirit of the early church. Number three, the apostles claimed to have authority from Jesus. You could look at 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. There in Paul's letter to that church, He described the authority he had from the Lord. He said, We constantly thank God because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it not as a human message, but as it truly is, the word of God, which also works effectively in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea since you have also suffered. 
You've suffered the same things from people of your own country, just as they did from Jesus who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. They displease God and are hostile to everyone by keeping us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved. Notice Paul's tenor here. He, He believed that he was speaking the word of the Lord. And even in the midst of harsh persecution, he didn't back down. Even when people didn't like what he was proclaiming, he lovingly kept preaching it because he knew it was a truth and he knew it was a means of folks being saved. He had the same spirit in his letter to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 8, he said, If I boast a little too much about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for tearing you down, I will not be put to shame. Paul said, I'm not going to apologize or feel bad for proclaiming the word of God and boasting of the authority I have as an apostle to tell the truth. So he spoke the truth in love. And he would reiterate this same idea later in Second uh, Corinthians 13.10. He said, this is why I'm writing these things while absent, so that when I am there I may not have to deal harshly with you in keeping with the authority the Lord gave me for building up and not for tearing down. So notice Paul's willing to say hard things. Why? Because he knew as an apostle he was commissioned to breathe out, to to speak Scripture. The Holy Spirit inspired him to give Scripture. So he's like, hey, I've got this authority to tell you what's true. And you may not like it, but I'm going to tell you what's true anyways because I'm speaking not from my own authority, but from the Lord's authority. And notice that he says that this authority helps build up. He says, in keeping with the authority the Lord gave me for building up and not for tearing down. So the word building up there is the Greek word for edification. Edification speaks of this act of brick upon brick, building a structure. And the Bible teaches in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, that the pastors are given for edifying, building up the body of Christ. How? Through teaching God's word. So know this, when a church is committed to the authority of Scripture, when they say no to this Christian culture that doubts God's word, this Christian culture uh, that creates new messages and new emphases that really aren't of the word. When the church is faithful to do that and they're faithful just to stand up and share the simple, wonderful truth of Jesus and his word in love, guess what? When they stand on the authority of God's word, guess what? People are truly built up in the spirit. The church grows like brick upon brick, not physical edifice, but spiritually People are built up on the chief cornerstone of Jesus, the rock, the authority. And as the church is built up, guess what? Jesus gets great glory. People come to know Jesus. He gets famous in culture and in society. And more people ultimately come to know him. So is the authority of Scripture important? You bet it is. Let's stand on the rock of Scripture. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic doctrine of the Bible. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.